Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 360 for Tuesday, the 12th of August, 2014. Hey, I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Kelsey Jensen. Hey, Kelsey. Hi. How you been? I've been good. Good. It's... We'll talk about that. Yes. But first, no, I'm so serious. Uh, what a day! Holy cow! Power was out for about two hours here yeah. in Barrie. The whole t- the whole city was just black. Which was... traffic lights? Yep. Studios. So our notes are a little bit short this week, but we yep. are gonna do a one hour show for you, even if we have to speak slowly. Very slowly. I agree. No, but you know what? We got an awesome question from our viewer, Nicolinio. I'm going to try to pronounce that right. Nicolinio. Asking, how can I stream using VLC? So tonight we're going to look at that, how we can stream from a capture card using VLC on Linux. So stick around. It's going to be fun. So... Here's what's coming up in the newsroom. That cat in the in your yard could be spying on your Wi-Fi. Russia has outlawed anonymous Wi-Fi in public places. A hacker used a Canadian ISP ISP's router to steal more than eighty-three thousand dollars in virtual currency. And some civilians have taken over an NASA satellite from a from a McDonald's and have open sourced the data. These stories are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. Introducing Belltone First, a revolutionary new hearing aid. So small you can hardly see it. So comfortable you can hardly feel it. For the first time ever, you can control hearing aids directly from your iPhone. Pick up the phone, listen to music, and use your hearing aids like wireless headphones. Hear everything that matters. Try Belltone first. For a free trial, call 1-800-BELLTONE now. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Hey, uh... Hello. So nice to see you. Thanks for joining us tonight. Like I say, it's been a little bit of a, a crazy night. Whoa. There, the music stopped. <laughs> so, now nah, that was awkward. Yes. But here we are. Uh, Kelsey, it's good to see you. Been good to see time. you, too. Yeah. You been busy this summer? Yeah. I went up to the deaf camp with Hillary. Oh, cool. So that was fun. So um, that's where Hillary's been, too. Yes. Gosh, yeah. What's yeah. been going on out there? Um, lots of fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yep. deaf camp is you uh, provide just a fun camp for people with hearing impairments. And hearing impairments. Um, it's not just not just the kids, but like sometimes right. our parents will be deaf, but they will be hearing. Sure. So it's okay. a mixture of the. So what do you do? Counselor. I saw, uh, and, and I saw well counseling. Yes. A camp counselor. Yeah. That's like uh, that's really just like hanging out and yeah. Making sure the, the kid, water slide and Make stuff. sure the kids are okay, you know. Yeah, okay, gotcha. The big slide going down into the water. Yes. It's a pretty place. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous place. Cool. I, uh, I've i been really, really, really busy with Studio D, getting everything ready for the yeah. new studio. This is Studio C that we're in now, the basement of Robbie's house, and we're getting it out of here. So uh, I've been working really, really hard. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you caught any of the pictures or videos. Uh, if you haven't yet, it's cat5.tv slash studio. Um, I was really, really starting to approach burnout there because I was doing the 5 or 6 a.m. and then work a, a long shift oh. at my day job and then go back and work at, until 9 o'clock or so at night mm-hmm. doing Studio D. So I was really getting close to that point where I knew I needed to take a break. So last week I kind of took a, a break so people didn't see me in the chat room and, and wondered where I was and everything. It just kind of took some downtime. Uh, I took the kids up to the cottage and, and mm-hmm. Becca and we had a nice time there and 
really uh, just kind of refreshed. Just so yeah, same as the camp. Just yeah. enjoy beautiful yeah. weather. And oh yeah! So that was nice. Thanks mm-hmm. everybody for uh, for your support of Studio D. I'm really really excited about it. Uh, I'm refreshed now and attacking this week. We've got okay. So tomorrow night. So today's Tuesday. Wednesday, I'm at Studio D uh, first thing in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm taking measurements for the landlord because we are uh, putting in new drywall oh, on yeah. the weekend. So he's going to be buying the, the stuff that we need, but I've got to get him the measurements. So I'm there tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., get the measurements, get those to him during the day, probably on my lunch hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, right back after, uh, after my work shift... I'm back at Studio D meeting up with a viewer named Anthony who's coming up uh, from Toronto to take a look at our uh, our security system and, and see what we need to do there. And secretly, uh, it's just good to have another guy there while I'm doing some electrical work because if I get electrocuted, I kind of want someone else there to be able to call 911. Yep, that would be so, useful. It's a good idea. So it's it's coming along. Um, that is what I'm up to this week, and then so Wednesday, Thursday, and probably Friday, I'm just finishing off the electrical, getting some cleanup done because mm-hmm. it's an absolute mess right now. Uh, if you've been following the videos, day ten, day eleven, day ten was a one-hour super special where you got to see us doing all the electrical stuff and learning from our viewer Paulo how it's all done and talking a little bit about some of the other things that we needed to do. Mm-hmm. Day eleven, I was back there doing some more electrical, getting some cleanup done with my friend Bruce Forsyth and uh, and then day 12 is coming that's going to be tomorrow Ooh. and uh, that's that's doing all that stuff and then Saturday we're back there doing the drywall and Paulo is actually coming up to assist with that because he knows what he's talking about folks if you saw day 10 you know so sounds like a pretty busy week it's a lot to do <laughs> it's a big job yes so glad I had last week yeah we're cutting away the lower four feet of the the drywall replacing that wow that's a it will be a nice clean straight edge cut as well pretty yeah it'll look real nice so it's coming together cat5.tv slash studio and again thank you to everybody for your support we're raising money right now to buy a new video camera for studio d we want to go 4k with our source uh we we got our limited edition shirts um so those of you who supported us that way thank you uh that was through our teespring campaign uh that's over now uh there are other ways that you can support the campaign to raise money for studio d and for the camera in particular cat5.tv slash studio or if you want to just donate go to cat5.tv slash c and you'll be supporting what we do here at category 5 tv so thank you yes wouldn't mind uh saying hello to some of our new viewers yes we've got quite a few you want to try to tackle this list with us yes uh i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up the map as well at the same time so if you want to just go at it all right so the first one is cm lofton 37 Mose, M-O-E-S, 133, Neon Rust, Big Kitty, uh, Jim McGinnigal, and Deck Geek, Super Shang. <laughs> That's how you say that, I think. Marin Menke, Cart 5250, Class Line, I probably butchered that one <laughs> dj quaid the zen guy daryl ramsey it's tough eh? <laughs> we got all these names Some of them are so let's weird. see if I, uh, I and i'm just gonna i'm gonna butcher them but i'm gonna get through them daryl ramsey tour pink timmy h13 hey yeah <laughs> Apollo 17, we know you. Yep. That's Apollo. Uh, Voyaging Techie, CD Friesen. Jay, Who else we got? Jay Weston. Yeah. Erica's dad. Oh. All right. He finally registered. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't think up a nick, so. <laughs> Ryan 512. <laughs> Sky Capped. Terry.Healy. Marcello Vezetiv. Hello. Also, local broke. Local broadcasting. TV. Hey. Mrs. Esp. Danny B. Danny B. Sorry. 
And Swamming007. Hey, uh, everybody. Thanks for registering at Category5.tv. This map that's up on your screen, we're just zipping all over the world. Those pins represent people who are watching tonight. Thank you for checking out Category5.tv. Category5 Technology TV. Yeah, all over Sacramento, California. There you are, San Francisco. Tuscaloosa. Chicago. Yeah. Look at all those places. Oh, look at the Florida. There we go. So we're all over the place, folks. Thanks for viewing Category 5 Technology TV. Also, hello. In particular, just want to say hello to those watching in Japan tonight. It's nice to see you. Welcome. Well, we've got uh, loads of viewer questions. Uh, we're going to do, and I'll just, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'm going to be straight up honest with, with you viewing at home. I mentioned that the power was off for a better part of the afternoon, right? So we're, we're going to just have a fun time together. We're hanging out. And yep. if we fill an hour, that's fantastic and miraculous. Yes. Because unfortunately, a lot of the time that we would have had to prepare our notes for the show uh, was given instead to uh, waiting in the rain. Yeah. For the power to come back on. What is it with Tuesdays? I think Krista and I were mentioning two, every Tuesday has been the big storm. Yes. It was the Tuesday that we had the tornado. Mm-hmm. And then the following Tuesday was a big thunderstorm yep. warning again. The following Tuesday, same thing. The next one, it was mm-hmm. okay. And here we are again. Thunderstorm warnings. They're warning yes. us, stay inside. There's tornadoes coming, all this stuff. That's been our day today here yep. in Barrie. So. Same thing uh, up at camp, too. Like, it was like every yeah. Tuesday, it was really weird weather, and we didn't understand it at all. It was like... Mm, that's kind of scary at camp. Yeah, at it was... At least here, the studio is in the basement underground, yeah. so... Uh, yeah. It's it's kind of crazy, but um, here, I guess the plus about it is today, I really got a sense for where our weaknesses are mm-hmm. with regards to our battery backups, because yeah. we don't have a diesel generator. We only have UPSs. So I was sitting here, and my broadcast computer turned off, and I looked over, and my wife's computer that is sitting there on Facebook was still on. I'm like, that's wrong. Oh, boy. I mean, no offense, dear, but (coughs) this is important stuff. There's people watching from all over the world. Yeah. So we do have some weaknesses there. I'm going to try to patch those up as we move into Studio D. As, you know, I positioned those UPSs. Server went down. Everything kind of went down. Not our main website server because yeah. that's, that's on a diesel generator. But here in the studio, we, we just have UPSs on everything. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they didn't hold up very long with the load that we have pulled off of them. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's one of those things we got to deal with. Yep. All right. So should we tackle uh, viewer questions? Hey, chat room, if you've got anything for us, please help us fill the time. Pop, pop me a private message in the chat room or... Message Kelsey J. That's Category 5 on Freenode. And hey, it is so nice to have you here. Thank you. All right. Ready to do this? Yes. Tonight. Take it away. All right. So. That's the intro. Tonight's feature is. Yes. So, viewer questions. Are mm-hmm. we going there? All yeah, right. but you'll, you'll know what I mean as soon as you start reading. Yes. Dear Robbie. Hello. I think this is the right one. Yeah. Yes. I have a Dear t- Nicolino. I have a TV capture card, ATI TV Wonder. Um, Classic card. Yes. And broadcasting, streaming into a local network. Di- I was wrong. That is wrong. What I'm saying is very wrong. What did he do? <laughs> what I am saying is very wrong. So he was wondering if there is a way to broadcast the input of local TV and broadcast slash stream into a local network slash like DLNA or using VLC, any advice? Or using VLC. Any well, advice, comment, well, we appreciate let's it. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, VLC has come a long, long way. Um, and Bob K 54 in the chat room saying, how can I get, speaking of VLC, how can I get to watch Category 5 on VLC? Oh, you yes. just uh, open up the, the link, http colon slash slash cat5.tv slash rtsp. That's the feed. And when that happens, uh, it will open, it will ask you what you want to open it with, and that would be VLC. Yeah. Or you can just go into VLC, and uh, somebody could translate from video to the chat room if you don't mind, uh, just in case uh, DJ Quad or uh, Bob K54 is not able to uh, actually hear me right now. Uh, you can bring up VLC, 
and mm-hmm. go file, I believe it is, or media, and open network stream, and then enter that URL, and it should open right up as well. So okay. kind of cool. That's how you can live feed Category 5 TV. So that only works when we're live, 7 o'clock Tuesdays uh, Eastern Time. Okay, so back to the question that came in the chat room. That was relevant, though, because it is VLC. VLC has come a long way, and if you're not familiar with it, it's called uh, Video Land <coughs> Video Land Player. I don't mind the interruptions because Sorry. it slows things down. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Uh, VLC is an excellent video player available cross-platform. What's so great about it is it makes it so that you can play virtually any media. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's, it's just an excellent... Uh, it performs well. It runs really, really well on my Linux machines. Runs great on Windows. I'm sure it runs on other platforms too. But for me, it's all about the Linux playback. So the question comes up because VLC also supports streaming. Not just watching shows like this live, mm-hmm. but also actually sending live streams out. Really? Yeah. So the idea is you can push play on your computer right right and then bring up your mobile device and start watching it on there well how does that work because you're in the local area network and you're streaming a live stream a live stream it's actually just playing back a file say from vlc to your network huh so if you know how to work with basic networking so that's your ip address then you can do this cool yeah cool but when I said uh, right, right at the beginning that VLC has come a long way, the, it used to be something that you really had to be a little bit gifted at. You had to go into the configuration files and enable the PVR and set up a command line string and build yourself a Bosch script and make it, you know. Uh, yeah, that's time consuming. It's intimidating. Yes. Because people say, I want to use Linux because I'm not too fond of Windows 8. And I want to try something different. I want to try something free, something that I don't have to worry about viruses. But the the terminal, the command line is intimidating. Mm. Well, fact is, is programs like VLC used to have to use it. But now we can get away with using the GUI. And as much as some people would rather me show you the command line, and sometimes I do, but in a case of multimedia, I don't think that's necessary. Because truth is, multimedia is for your your uh, desktop environment anyway so you need it to come up in a window so Mm -hmm. all right so he mentions our viewer uh he or she sorry i didn't catch um mentions that uh you you're using a an old capture card and is it a tv wonder a tv capture card and so classic ati tv yeah pci like this is an old computer too because you don't even have pci express (laughs) this is probably like a p3 or p4 maybe a pentium d if you're lucky, that'd be fast. But it's an older system, too, so this, this is going to be awesome. This feels really old school. What I want to do is I want to open my terminal after that spiel. The reason I want to do this is because I've shown you this before. In the terminal, if you type in a command, Nautilus. Oh, why? No. Oh, not Nautilus. Nautilus. There, I typed in the command, right? So it brought up Nautilus, but what did it do is it outputted the the output of errors and messages and things like that in the terminal. So we're not actually learning to use the terminal today, but it's a great way to do this kind of thing because as soon as I type VLC, it will output to the ter- it'll open it up normally in the GUI. But if I move that out of the way, you'll notice that in the for in the background here in my terminal window, it's showing me a bunch of output. Some kind of clever things that help me to understand what's going on if there's a problem. reason I want to do that, Kelsey, is because if we're going to start streaming media, we want to know that it actually was successful in creating the stream because you could sit there trying to troubleshoot it to death, wondering why can't I connect to my stream, and then had you done it this way, you would have seen in the terminal it couldn't connect or it failed to load something. So this way we're able to Mm -hmm. establish that right off the get-go. So backing up just a moment here, uh, I've got a program called Cheese Photo Booth. Is that's it cheesy? Installed. It is so cheesy. There it is, <laughs> Cheese. You can install it on your Linux machine. And the reason that we want this is because you mentioned that you're using a capture card. We need to know what the video for Linux path, 
the dev path is. And I find that rather than going through the terminal and, and doing it that way, and the reason I'm leaving this up is because I want you to see it as it loads. Um, the reason that I, that I would rather do this is because Cheese lets me test the camera or the input device. There we go. So this is now a webcam. Um, it lets me test that the webcam works, or in your case, it's going to be the capture card um, if, it's, if it's supported. It's a TV wonder. I don't know how it's going to handle channel shifting. So maybe this is going to work great for some devices and some others it may not. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you install the video for Linux drivers for your card, which it's going to probably do automatically these days, um, then you should do okay. So here we are. This is Cheese, remember? We're out of VLC. And if I go Edit, Preferences, once my webcam is working, I see my webcam and I see that it is located on slash dev slash video zero. I've got some flicker there. I'm just going to fix that for you real quick. This is, uh, I'm streaming to Telestream Wirecast using Desktop Presenter in Wine. There we go. The flicker's gone. Okay, slash dev slash video zero is where this camera is actually located on my system. So you can see that it's, it's, it runs pretty good. Yeah. And when I say, that, you know, we're using a webcam because I don't have a TV wonder. <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> uh, but what you, I, I guess you have to just make sure that you can get video for Linux to work with the channel changing option of your TV wonder card. And if not, something simple, uh, as simple as plugging in a VCR, like a, an old VCR that you can pick up at a thrift store just because it's got the tuner, right? And plugging the RCA outputs into a cheap $15 USB capture device that's compatible with video for Linux. Mm-hmm. And that's going to work very, very well. So it, it may not even be a case that you need to use the TV Wonder. Okay, so I know <coughs> the reference where this thing is located. <laughs> I was about to sneeze. It didn't come. <laughs> okay. We know where it is. It's dev slash video zero. Okay, so I'm going to close out of this. Go back into VLC from my terminal, and I'm going to go, I'm just going to test it. Media, open capture device, and you'll see the capture mode, uh, oh, it may be file by default. You want to change to, oh, no, it should be capture device, because I clicked on media, capture device. Okay, capture mode, there are a few different things there. You don't need to use, well, you may use PVR, maybe PVR is going to work better for, does that have channels? Oh, that's interesting, hey? See, I don't have it to test with, but you may want to look at that and see if you're able to get it going that way. Oh, TV. (gasps) Look at that. Works with hertz. Kilohertz. TV tuner card. Look at that. So for you, our viewer asking about the TV Wonder card, I'll bet you that's going to be the one. Use your adapter. All right. For those of us who only have a webcam... Video for Linux 2. Now, Video for Linux is, you think about Video for Windows, it allowed you to use all your different uh, video capture devices. Mm -hmm. Video for Linux, so cleverly named, is basically that for Linux. Makes sense. You figured it out, didn't you? Yeah. Just as I was saying it, you figured it out. You could have interrupted and just been like, it's for Linux, isn't it? All right, so now that I've selected Video for Linux, I can go device name and dev video zero. I know that that's my webcam or your capture device or whatever it is that you're using. Mm-hmm. And then which audio device? I, you can select one or the other and it's probably going to be the first one. Uh, if that one doesn't work, then try again with the second kind of thing. So now if I hit, uh, hit play, I'm actually seeing a slightly delayed live playback from my webcam mm-hmm. in VLC. Remember, I'm actually in VLC, so it's playing back in VLC. So I know that the webcam works, or the capture device works in VLC. Yeah. So I can, in fact, go uh, view, playlist, and I'll see my preview window down here, and I'll see that my playlist, in fact, has video for, Lin- uh, video for Linux, dev video zero, and it's playing back just fine. So now that I've done that, I can right-click on that, and I can choose stream and we're going to do that right after the news all right so stick around folks we are going to learn how to stream our live video feed from our webcam or from our capture device or whatever it is that you happen to be using we're going to stream that from vlc on a linux computer to any of your devices on your network so 
And we're going to talk Very more about that in just a couple of moments' time. So. <coughs> Don't you go anywhere. Don't you go. Don't go. All right. Here are the top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. Forget Trojan horses. It's the cats you have to worry about. Yeah. Security engineer Gene Brain- Bransfield has developed War Kitty. A tech. I'm uh, sorry, what? War Kitty. War Kitty? War Kitty. War Kitty. <laughs> War Kitty. Nice. That's interesting. It's a tech laden collar that turns feline companions into scouts for Wi Fi hackers. The innocuous-looking accessory hides a spark core board that maps wireless networks and their vulnerabilities wherever the pet wanders. If used in, in the field, the technology would be pretty sneaky. The cat stalking mice in your backyard could represent a, the prelude to an attack on your wireless router. The experiment in pet-based network penetration, penetration service serves as a friendly reminder to lock down your home's Wi-Fi access point. The engineer discovered that many of his neighbors were either using weak security or none at all. Hmm. It wouldn't have taken much for someone to, with more sinister intentions to either borrow these connections or spy on their users. Which, that's kind of scary, mm. you know? Well, and I've mentioned it on the show before. Like, it's important to have good security on your Wi-Fi. And the, the, you know what the problem is? What do you do when you get, you know, you get your own place and yeah. you, you put in your own internet and who do you call? You don't call a technician that's going to charge you $100 an hour to come and install it. You call exactly. the ISP. Mm-hmm. Does the ISP, what do they do? They give you a modem. They mm-hmm. say, plug it in, turn it on. Then leave it at that. And that's it. You're, uh, so what you do as a, a normal user is you take it home, you plug it in, you turn it on, you turn on your laptop or your device or your whatever. Mm-hmm. And you see, oh, there's my Wi-Fi. Go on to it, and it works, and great, everything works. And that's it. Well, guess what? It also works for the guy over there and his cat. Huh. Which is Which, very frightening. And so people say, oh, I don't mind if my neighbors use my internet. Except when right? they overuse it. That's what you're thinking, right? Yeah. Oh, well, if they use my bandwidth, then my internet will be slow, so I probably want to kick them off. Not just slow, but like they could use it all up and you could have, have ex- extra pay extra. Bills. Ah, this is Canada. I forgot. Yeah. You might have to pay more. Exactly. Right. Or how about this? What happens when you take two computers and plug them into the same router? Do they become independent of one another, or do they become connected to one another? Become connected, so they could hack into your computer, too. She's good, folks. You've been watching Doctor Who. Well, yes, but... (laughs) Shows. Think about that. So a neighbor connects into your Wi-Fi, and it doesn't have to be a neighbor. Keep in mind, these things will range two miles on a clear day. Yes. Line of sight. They go far, and these days people complain when their Wi-Fi is weak, so what does the ISP do? They give you a stronger modem with a stronger signal, and so it goes even further. And the neighbor could be some would-be hacker kid from, you know, three blocks down. That's perfectly possible. Yes. But when they have connected to your Wi-Fi, they are in fact connected to your network. So all of your computers that are on that network, your printers, everything are now exposed to that hacker. And the same reason that you don't want to connect to open Wi-Fi at a hotel or something, because mm-hmm. people actually do sniff for passwords and things. So they can get your passwords as you're logging into things. They can sniff through packets that are being sent between computers. If you're sending a message to your wife downstairs, they can catch that, uh, all that kind of stuff. They can send things to your printer. They can delete your files. They can open your files, all those private pictures that you got in there. Oh, boy. Yeah, anything. So it's a bad idea. Yes, very bad. Very bad idea. And this cat <laughs> is basically Google Streetcar on steroids. <laughs> or catnip. Yes. Google Street. That's funny. It's the same thing as Google, <laughs> Google got in trouble for, right? And he's just put it in a cat collar. Oh, that's frightening. And it walks around the neighborhood looking for wireless access. <laughs> uh, that's good. It could be, yeah, that's not, that's not fun. You don't think? Nope. Could be for, for the hacker. Oh, yeah. Silly kitty. Is that it? Yep. There we go. Next up. What's the next one? 
Uh, Russian Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev has signed an order prohibiting un- unidentified access to Wi-Fi in public places. As a result, anonymous access to public Wi-Fi is restricted, and anyone wanting to connect will have to register with a personal ID, although the affected public era- areas w- are not clear at the moment. Hmm. Access will be given only after users enter the f- their full name when prompted and confirm it by personal identification. Whoa. In addition, hardware, the device being used to connect public Wi-Fi, must also be d- identified. The move was approved earlier in the week by the gov- by government order, adding to the series of measures that have been taken in the country to tighten internet regulation. While some European countries have been placing similar sanctions, the application in Russia is more worrisome, according to civil rights advocates. MP Vadim Dengen said that the clampdown to the public Wi-Fi was related to the information war against the United States. Deputy Head of the, of the Parliament's Information Police Committee, Leonard Levin, gave different views on the law, on the new law, saying, "No one will have to show their passports to anybody. The identification process will consist of getting a password for Wi-Fi access by providing your mobile phone number. Since providing a passport is required to buy a SIM card in Russia, there will be no need to show your passport." Hmm. Interesting. Kind of not good. Yeah. I like the anonymity of being able to connect to a Wi-Fi network at the coffee shop and know that as long as I'm submitting through secure connections that yeah. I'm not exposed. But personally exposed is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Having to enter your personal information and identify yourself to the people providing the service. But again, it's a, it's a smokescreen. Because you go to a coffee shop and you use their Wi-Fi and you have to enter your private information because that's the new law. But then guess what happens is that the the would-be hacker next door sets up a Wi-Fi hotspot Mm -hmm. to collect people's private information as they authenticate to their Wi-Fi. Like, do they not see this? Yeah, yeah, there could be a lot of um, identity identity theft coming Uh, up. uh, Yeah. Like, Depending on what kind of information, but if they've got to enter their full name and provide identification by yeah. way of, I don't know, driver's license or something, yeah, then what's to stop the would-be hacker from setting up an access point and pretending to be Tim Hortons and collecting your data? Yeah, that's... And then being able to go next door and authenticate as you to, cre- to do some highness act. Yeah, that's... That's did, not good. That could be. Did dangerous. I start any conspiracy theories? <laughs> I think it was them. Maybe. I think they did it. Huh. All right. Look at all that gold. Oh, pretty gold. A hacker with access to, Cana- to a Canadian internet provider hijacked net traffic from a large foreign network. Networks to steal more than $83,000 in U.S. in virtual currency over a four month period, a cybersecurity mo- security company said on Monday. Researchers with the U.S.-based Dell SecureWorks said the hacker's hacker's attack started last February and stopped in May, after the Canadian Internet Service provider was notified. John Stewart, director of of malware research at SecureWorks, said the hacker targeted firms that hosted servers generating virtual currencies such as Bitcoin, including Amazon in the U.S. and OVH in France, and redirected some activity. He said they were able to track the origins to a Canadian ISP, stating someone had access to a router that, that, at that ISP. It had to be someone who managed to hack into that router and gain administrative rights, or someone who already had access. Pat Litke, another security researcher at SecureWorks, said the firm is fairly confident the attacks came from Canada, but the hacker may be based elsewhere. He said that in order to execute the cyber attack, you literally can be anywhere in the world as long as you have privileged rights. Hmm. According to SecureWorks, a total of 51 networks from 19 other ISPs were compromised in the attack. That's crazy, eh? Yes. So again, somebody hacked into a router at an ISP and used it for collecting information as it transferred through the router. Yes. Seems that all the news is about hacking tonight, but that's awesome. Huh. 
it's all very frightening that anything could like that could happen. <laughs> it just pardon me. It sounds like they have no idea who. They figured out that somebody. Yeah. But there's no mention of, you know, Joe Blow is going to jail for stealing $83,000 in Bitcoin. Yeah. None of that. No, he got away with it from the sounds of it. Yes. That's, uh... It's very, um... It's all very frightening that... So let's take hacking and make it a good thing. What do you yes. say, Kelsey? All right, let's Tell do me this. something. Tell me some interesting good news. All righty. All right. Well, if you're into space missions, you have to check out spacecraftforall.com, where some civilians have taken over an old NASA website from the satellite from their base in a McDonald's. <laughs> Let's be fair. It's an old McDonald's. Okay. It doesn't serve burgers anymore. In fact, it's now referred to as McMoons. <laughs> from here, Keith Crowing, a former NASA employee who hasn't lost his enthusiasm for space, huddles with his team to recreate the joy of satellites gone by. The ISEE-3 is a satellite that's seen better days. It was pensioned off a while ago, but it's, but it's still floating up there. So Crowing and his band of merry men asked NASA if they had any objection to resurrect... To Resecution. What is it? Point to it. Point to <laughs> it, and one. I will do my best to help. That one. That is a crazy word. Yes. Resuscitating. Resuscitating an old great. Having raised more than $160,000 through crowdfunding, the team has launched their site, which is a beautiful presentation of the history of the satellite and, and their efforts in bringing it back to life. What's more, they've opened the source that. So they've open sourced the data, calling it Spacecraft for All. Take a look at spacecraftforall.com. That is cool. Way to use hacking for good, right? Yeah. Take space junk and turn it into a usable and kind of interesting and cool yeah. website. And they did get permission first as NASA well. NASA said, yeah, we'll let you do it, but would you like any help? And they actually helped kind of get yeah. the ball rolling for them and make the connections and so they they actually assisted with this project to yeah. rebirth uh, an old dead satellite from 1978 it's wow. just been floating you know it's just yeah, making just crazy orbits around the sun and and not transmitting any data so might as well turn it on and use it again mm-hmm. but they're doing it for fun and you can check out that website it's pretty neat really wow. kind of cool uh, the site Jot is saying that it only works on Chrome. It will work on other HTML5 compliant browsers, but of course, uh, one of the uh, ways that they were able to build up this project one was through the crowdfunding campaign that Kelsey mentioned, but also mm-hmm. uh, through support of Google. And Google uh, helped to uh, create such a sophisticated and, mm-hmm. and awesome web service. And of course, when Google does that, they recommend that you use Chrome because they own it yes and it's theirs and i think it's okay for a company to want to promote their products yes even though the courts may not yeah but thank you for the comment so you can get the full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom the category5.tv newsroom is researched by roy w nash with contributions by tennessee frank and our community of viewers if you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Kelsey Jensen. Thank you, Kelsey. Woo. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by Belltone. Learn why Belltone is the choice of millions when it comes to fan- fantastic hearing care. Check out Belltone first. It's a revolutionary made-for-iPhone hearing aid. Visit belltone.com or for a free trial... Call 1-800-BELLTONE now. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. If you're just joining us, you're late. (laughs) Very late. You might want to rewind it a little bit. Like about 40 minutes or so. Yeah, but we'll entertain you, I promise. I promise. Yes. Okay, back to our feature. A question that was sent in to us from Niclinio. Nicolinio? Nicolinio, something along those lines. Yes. Nicolinio. Hello. That could work. All right. Cool stuff in the news. Thank you Mm -hmm. for sharing that, Kelsey. All right. Oh, our webcam is still going. So (laughs) what we're doing here today is we are setting up VLC to stream a live stream. There it is. Of a webcam or a capture device. So... 
if we go into view playlist, we'll see there it is. It's playing. And if I right click on it, so I've got that video camera or capture device loaded and playing. I can right click on it and choose stream. There it is. So now it's automatically detected the your the the dev location of that particular camera or device. And now I'm going to click on next. Don't click on stream because you are not ready yet. Next. All right. So here's where we got to set things up. If you skip this step, nothing's going to work. You're going to get a bunch of errors outputted to your, your terminal. So destination is really all we got to do. How do we want to deliver this stuff? So we can choose HTTP delivery. We can go with Windows stuff uh, like WMSP, uh, RTSP, standard streaming protocol. RTP, RTP audio video profile, UT, uh, UDP, the old, uh, is that, uh, who did UDP? Was that Nullsoft? Way back in the day. Cool. That is definitely yeah. legacy and old school. Uh, and then there's Icecast. Now, there, there are a few different things that you need to note here. Okay, HTTP, cool. Now you can run that on your computer. File, cool. It's going to save a file. Uh, WMSP, you need a server for that. RTSP, you don't need a server for it. VLC will be the server. RTP, I'm not too sure. Uh, UDP, you do need a server. And Icecast, you have to have a third-party server set up in order mm-hmm. to send the signal to. RTP, I think, too, you have to have a server set up. So what we want to do is we want to set something up that's so easy breezy, we don't need to do any of that stuff. Right. I don't, don't want to have to have a server. I'm not streaming illegal content from my TV thing yeah. to the Internet, right? Yeah, we hope. That's not what we're doing today. What we're doing is we're sharing it with other computers on our personal LAN Mm -hmm. and the neighbor's cat (laughs) and the neighbor who is tapped into our Wi-Fi because he's part of our LAN now, see? So we want to use a protocol or a service that is going to stream directly from VLC without the need for a third-party server to send to. Yes. All right. So what do we want to do? I'm I'm probably going to go with RTSP. So we've simply chosen that. And don't forget, now that you've chosen it, you have to click Add. Oh, and then it says, okay, well, what port do you want? Choose a port. You can probably get away with just choosing something random. Uh, I don't really care what you use. uh, But you want it to be something that is not already in use. That's the only thing. You can't put it on port 80 if you've got Apache running. You can't put it on port 21 if you've got an FTP server. You can't put it on 8080 if you've got a backup server running on that port or something. So uh, we're just going to pick a port that we know is not in use. If you're not sure, try 1234. It's not going to hurt anything. We'll break whatever's on that port until you stop VLC, but no big deal, right? So let's try 1234. And then the path. This is also important. We're going to start with a slash, and we're going to call this Kelsey Live. Okay? This is the Kelsey show. Okay, so because that is going to become our feed, Kelsey Live, on port 1234. Okay? Next. No big deal. You don't need any of this stuff. This just shows you the command line output if you want to use the command line ever, which you don't. Okay, stream. If all went well, you'll look down here and you'll see, whoa, the time is ticking, but there's nothing going on. It says streaming. And if you go back to your terminal, you'll see no errors, and it is actually streaming using profile high level three. Right? Doing pretty good. Nothing, level 3.1. So it's going. What? Could it be that easy? Well, do you think? Probably, but you probably have to set up something still. Do you think? Maybe. I'm done. Show's yeah. over, folks. That's it. Have so a great great. night. See you next week. No, uh, well, let's try it. We want to see that it works, right? Yes. I don't have another computer that I can bring up on the screen to show you, so I'm going to show you how to run a second instance of VLC. Now, for you at home, what you'd want to do is you'd want to go in here to terminal. <laughs> After all, I tell you, this is so easy though. IF config, all right? Ah, oh, I'm not super user. sudo IF config password. Get your IP address. Mine is 10.0.0.70. So I know that that is my IP, okay? So I can close that now. I really, Kelsey, just needed to know my IP address so that now from any other computer, I can connect to that. Mm hmm. Because I'm not going to connect through local hosts because that won't work from other computers or my 
phone or anything right. else on the LAN. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to connect to 10.0.0.70. Yeah. Okay. So with VLC, on, and we're here too, but with VLC, watch this. If I try to run VLC, I'm going to go sound and video, VLC, and it does nothing. Well, because VLC is already running. Okay. So go tools, preferences, and see the first screen that you get? Instances. Allow only one instance. Turn that off. As simple as that. Now hit save. Done. Okay, now try applications. Sound and video. VLC. Whoa. There it is. Look at that. Now I got two VLCs going. Now keep in mind, this one here is actually streaming. So that's the real streamer. This one here is, is just a VLC player. Okay. So watch what I can do. Media. Open network stream. Enter your uh, RT, RTSP colon slash slash 10.0.0.70 colon one, two, three, four, whatever port you put there, slash Kelsey Live. See how that works? RTSP, that's the protocol, colon slash slash. That's required. The IP address internally. You don't need to change anything in your firewall or open anything up because this is all internal LAN. Then another colon. That tells it to specify a port. The port is 1234, what I specified on the server one. And then slash, Kelsey Live is the name of the actual stream. So now, if all goes well, you ready for this, Kelsey? Let's do it. Play. It's loading. It's loading. It's loading, maybe. It's loading. Yes. Play Kelsey Live. Yes. That was my that was my it's waiting face and that was our celebration <laughs> face because there's a delay see because now we are watching a live feed on VLC from another VLC instance it doesn't have to be VLC you can use any RTSP player so you could actually be watching yeah. this on your Windows box using just another player that you would use for RTSP for example Windows Media Player yeah right Ooh, you could be worked. using it on your iPhone or your Android device or your tablet or whatever and you can bring it up. And there you go. Ha! It works. Look at it. I'm talking even though nothing's coming out. Neat. There's a very, very subtle delay there. Very subtle. Very, very subtle. There you have it. Worked first try. Yes. Even with a power outage, they pull it off, folks. Yeah. Woo. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Thanks, everybody, for being here tonight. Uh, I'd love to address your questions. If you got one for us in the chat room, uh, Category 5 on Freenode, message us, say hi. Uh, do we have any yes, more viewer do. questions that we can address? And thank you for sending that in. Made for an interesting topic, I think, uh, for us tonight. Lots of fun to get into those kinds of things and show you, even just to show you how far VLC has come. Because yes. that was just too easy, right? you got to admit. And that was just one particular setup, RTSP. You could use HTTP. You can use any protocol that is provided. Mm -hmm. But hey, it easy, all works. easy, easy, easy. All right. So the first viewer question is: um, She would this viewer would like to stream live videos using her MacBook Pro. Oh, we do we get it a in, lot of streaming questions. Yes, that. that's pretty good. I don't have a MacBook Pro to test with, so you're gonna have to send me one. <laughs> that would help. Maybe two. Kelsey needs one too. Yes. So I don't know what I'd do with it. I'd yeah. probably stream video. <laughs> <laughs> we do it in church using Pinnacle and a PC, but the resolution isn't that great, even though we are using an expensive video cameras. Okay. I just want to know what I have to do or buy in order to use my MacBook Pro, which is a very powerful laptop, and my Nikon D7100 with mm -hmm. FX lenses to do our services online. Okay. Does the D7100 have clean output? That's. It must, right? Because you're already doing it through Pinnacle? Is that right? Yes, I think so. I know my yeah. D5100 does not have clean output by default. D7100, clean HDMI out. Oh, it does. Full 1080p, uncompressed, clean HDMI out. That's pretty good. I love your D5, D7100. That's great. Okay. So we know it can be done. Mm -hmm. What's the... Uh, I'm curious now about the quality of said output. Like, are we talking about a 422 or... Uh, let's see. 
Doesn't say. The specifications don't tell us. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Nice to hear that the D7100 is going to get you such good picture quality. My D7, um, D5100 is a similar camera, so I know that the quality is going to be pretty much the same, but yours has the clean HDMI output for an extra thousand bucks or something. Yes. But awesome for live streaming. <coughs> live streaming will be brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. So you're doing it. You got the laptop. How do we do it? Um, there are a couple of different things that you need to keep in mind. Now, I, we use a program called Wirecast. It's called Telestream Wirecast. Here you go. That's what we're broadcasting on right now in this very moment. So this software, see all of our camera angles? So if I want to switch to our wide shot, I just click there, and you'll see now it switches over to the wide shot, Mm -hmm. for example, right? So Telestream Wirecast does everything that we need to broadcast. It's perfect for churches, okay? And um, talk to me directly uh, or go to cat5.tv slash Wirecast. But you know what? Give me, uh, pop me an email live at category5.tv and we'll see if we can get you some kind of a church uh, deal or something like that. Uh, that said, okay, so here I am in Wirecast. What? And I'm using a touch screen for this. So when you see it moving around like that, the reason is I'm actually touching the uh, shots with my finger. So that is the shot of Wirecast here. So I can go output and then output settings, and you'll see that if I drag this into the window, I have you know the ability to add any amount of server types that you, you, you'd be able to stream. You want to stream to YouTube. There it is at the bottom. Uh, maybe you don't see that. It might be cut off a little bit on your screen. There you go. Uh, so you've got the ability to broadcast all these streams simultaneously while recording in HD to disk. So by recording to disk, you've got now a full quality uh, file. So that's how we create the files that we need in order to broad, uh, broadcast our show through the syndication afterwards, through uh, uploads to YouTube, through uploads to our RSS and syndication partners, to Roku, all that stuff. That's all done through Wirecast. So it's the perfect solution for you, okay? Uh, it's going to work great with your device as long as you've got the capture. What else have we... Uh, Louis was asking... What more do you want to know about Wirecast, cat5.tv slash Wirecast? If you want to be able to do virtual studio sets, you have to have the pro version, uh, and it also includes some other things. Read up on the difference between the standard and the pro. Uh, what else? I want to know if you do I have to buy in order to use my MacBook? I think that's it. Yeah. See, because what you, you've probably noticed that the production values on Category 5, while our camera is lacking, because and you see how it's blurry when I zoom in there, that's because we need to buy a new camera. That's why we're fundraising for Category 5 TV at cat5.tv slash studio. But you see the bottom, see my lower third? Crystal clear. That's Wirecast. The, the, the video camera is not Wirecast's fault. Um, the production values are high. We are live. You could be seeing this live or pre or recorded after the fact. There is no post production that goes into the show. So everything that you see, everything that you hear, everything goes through Wirecast. If you want to see one of these shots, for example, here's our shot that I just had open, and I'm going to drag it onto the screen for you. There you go. So you see that I have four things on the left hand. They are layers. I've got a line input and another line input for audio. I've got a, the names that show it, the credits using chroma key so that um, it shows uh, just the text. Uh, so I have animated text and then there's our camera and I can turn that on and off. I can make changes to it. I can reorder. I can add more uh, media to the uh, layers if I want to. It's really, really brilliant. So the production values of Wirecast are fantastic and you're able to operate all that live and you're not even probably the... It's not the pastor that's switching the cameras, yeah. as is the case here, right? Uh, your case is going to be you've got someone operating the system. So if they want to put up a caption, easy breezy. Um, and that, it's fantastic. So you've got good production values live. And your record to disk is even better because you can record full HD to mm-hmm. your hard drive. That's Wirecast. Cat5.tv slash Wirecast. Or pop me an email with your questions live at category5.tv. Thank you very much for the question, and good luck with that. Yes. I want to hear from you, okay? Let me know how it goes. Well, why don't we do a giveaway right now first? <laughs> Kelsey, you're always wanting to give stuff away. I'm I agree. You got... What do we got? We got some stickers Some here. stickers, some Category 5 logo stickers. You see us all branded out? You too 
can stick a sticker on your chest <laughs> and look almost as awesome. How would you like that? Yes. So, Folks, are you in the chat room? Are you? Have you seen Draw? Have you met Drawbot before? Drawbot. I have not he met He's just Drawbot. the nicest guy because he wants to get in there and give one of these away. You get two of them, as a matter of fact. Oh, and Drawbot. Oh, Drawbot has let us down. Drawbot's not going to do it, is it? What's it not going to do? Well, I just realized that Drawbot is still... Uh, it's going through the... Uh, we did a previous draw, and I had we had set up because they were ballots, not chat room. Oh. So it's set to ballot mode. Ah, oh, can we randomly... Somebody pick a number between 1 and 36. Go. Let's we're going to have to use a random generator, aren't we? Yes. Oh, random. Drawbot is so cool, though. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go to random.org because we are going to use the positioning of the moon in order to generate our random number, which is 32. 32. So, 32 in our chat room is four down from the top. One, two, three, four. Tachos. Tachos is our winner tonight of stickers. So, Tachos, all you have to do is email me live at category5.tv with your address that I can send those to. I want to send them to you. Please, please send me that email. Yes. Come on. And way to go. Congratulations to Tachos. <laughs> I don't know how to... There. It works. It doesn't really. Well. I push buttons randomly and it just, just makes noise. It, it'll... It. <laughs> <laughs> way to go. All right. Yes. We have three minutes. What are we going to do with three minutes? Have you got something real quick for me? Thank you, everybody, for sending in your questions and for participating in tonight's show. Don't forget, and you hear me say it, get over to cat5.tv slash studio. And, and if you're not into the fact, I think people, we can get annoyed with people saying, you know, please support, please support. It can, yeah. it can get annoying, and I understand that. I believe, uh, I totally understand that. Uh, but we do have specific, we have real needs, and, and we need our viewers to stand with us as we do this. And that comes from, you know, the the very real fact that I had to pay for the insurance for a full year up front, which was a surprise. Yeah. Things like that happen, and, and okay. Well, that's a huge hit that I wasn't expecting. So your contributions really, really help at mm-hmm. cat5.tv slash studio. They're going to make it happen. Studio D is coming. I'm hoping it's going to be... I mean, we've just got to drywall and paint. Yeah, that's... And then move all this... I'm just going to pick it all up and just take it over in the back of a van. Wow. That'll be a... It's going to be incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be great. So excited. Thanks, Agamotto. I appreciate that and your contributions. Yes. Please Very send money now. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's literally all the time that we have. Uh, well, it's not literally. Pretty. We literally have a minute. Yeah. But this has been it's been pretty good. I guess we've filled an hour pretty well, yeah. considering. It yeah. was a crazy day. I hope yeah. I stressed that enough. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I got up at 5 and started at Studio D. Uh, well, I, I put up the video from day 11 this morning. Then mm-hmm. I went to Studio D, got a few things done, went to work, got here. Power was out. Couldn't do anything. Which, that's frightening when you've got a show to run in yeah, a couple hours. Even, uh, if it had have stayed off for another hour, we wouldn't have been on the air. So that would yeah. have been a first. And then I thought, well... well We'll just have to then, in the, if that ever happened, I guess we would just do the show again the next night or something, or yeah. maybe even an hour late if the power was late or something like that. Yeah. Who knows what would happen? Mm-hmm. Or it would just be a frantic five-minute video of me going, there's no power, and it's pitch black. <laughs> and that would be the episode for the week. But at least then I could say, I broadcasted that week. So, That'd be a fairly like funny show. It would be. <laughs> this has been Category 5 Technology TV. Don't miss the show. Next Tuesday night, it's always the same time, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, and you can catch us on Roku, cat5.tv slash Roku. And uh, do check us out on YouTube, on our website, category5.tv. Nice to see ya. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming. Have a marvelous, wonderful week.
We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.